Welcome back to the Sports and Entertainment Express podcast. It's episode 49 and a lot to cover in sports and entertainment as I'm your host, Ryan Persaud. You can listen to the podcast on all the stream platforms. It's on Spotify, Apple Podcast, Anchor, wherever. But remember to subscribe, share, and rate the podcast after you're done listening. And go follow on all social media pages, Facebook, the Sports and Entertainment Express, Twitter, and Instagram have the same social media handle, which is at SE underscore Express 20 or search up the Sports and Entertainment Express. Let's get right into things here. I hope you had a great holiday with your family and friends. Hope you enjoyed it. We're in a new year, 2023. This is the first episode for 2023, even though it's episode 49. But uh, but yeah, let's just get right into things here. And curling, as the curling season starts up once again for this year, there's some discussions for improvement in the sport. Now, as you know, I played the game of curling and it feels you know fantastic to me to this day. And seeing the shift in the sport to where it is growing in different countries around the globe. But there has been some issues over the years with scheduling, ranking point setups, rule changes, and lack of communication. And this is coming from many elite domestic and international curlers. Now, a guy named by the name of Rylan Hartley is hoping to change that. Who is the co-founder of streaming? Who is the co-founder of streaming service Curling Live? And his goal is to give athletes a stronger voice to tackle core concerns, but also wants to work with existing circuits, federations, and event organizers. He basically wants everyone on the same page. Moving forward, of course, some high-profile curlers or executive group members, along with Nicholas Adin, are Canada's Emma Miskew, Switzerland's Silvana Terenzoni, and Americans Corey Dropkin and Tabitha Peterson, and others too. Now, Rylan Hartley says, we are looking at this long term and we're starting it with a professional system and trying to find a balance and a fair way to do it. The Curl Federation runs World Championships and World Curling Tour, primarily focuses on the European events and then the lower level competitions in North America you don't really care about, but they are happening. Now, many of the you know top curlers balance full-time jobs or side gigs with their athletic pursuits uh, because the top curling events only give out roughly six-figure pay, which is split amongst the team. It's very hard. And, um, you know, I think also there has to be some sort of change of the way the game of curling is approached to the next generation for it to continue to play. If it doesn't, let's say, then the sport of curling is diminished in a sense. Um, what I think what he's trying to do, what Hartley is trying to do, I think it's very smart of him, of him trying uh, the streaming way, and he's found success with streaming, with the young generation, the Gen Z generation, watching it on their you know device, whatever, laptop, probably most of the time. But, you know, I think it's also important important to get you know the this generation to do sports in general physical well-being 
I think just very important. You know, also there are some curlers in the junior league, and they're really impressive. I've seen, I've watched, one of them came up during the Scotties of last year, and um, she was, it was really impressive to see what happened and how she uh, really took on that challenge. Because it is very challenging when you're young and you playing against a lot of inspirational people that you looked up to and now you gotta try at least take them down so it's always nice to see that there's other stuff happening too world juniors has come and gone but what a world juniors it was once again memorable moment for team canada at the world junior championship this year where they lost their first game but skated through and and becoming back-to-back champions what a tournament it was yeah dylan gunther picking up the golden goal winner for canada other than that the two cities that hosted the world juniors this year was moncton and halifax which was done stupendously well but i also got to give it to the junior players of course who put on a showcase with their tremendous skill sets on the ice now next year sweden will host the 2024 world juniors and it will be exciting to see this young sweden team moving forward especially when it will be on their turf their ice if i may say that Connor bedard was fantastic in the tournament everyone kept talking about him in the tournament throughout and there are other players who really peaked their way of no on notice saying hey i'm here okay now bedard on the other hand he breaks eric lindros's record for most points in the fewest games in world juniors history and there are many teams you know the u.s sweden finland latvia germany switzerland but there was one team that took me by surprise and that was czechia what what did he I said Czechia, and Czechia really caught me off guard. Never thought that Czechia would have gone all the way to the gold medal round to face Canada. I thought at least, I thought it had been Finland or Sweden or the U.S., but that didn't happen because the U.S. and Canada had to face off in the, in the semifinal match. But the fascinating thing about Czechia was that when they fought back against Sweden in a 2-1 decision overtime to play against Canada for the gold medal round, I was in shock. There's a lot of hockey. There's a lot of hockey I watch for the World Juniors. And Sweden has a good team, but their goaltender, Carl Lindbaum, stood out when he had to be. And what a goalie he is. He played very well for Sweden. Like, for real. Like, it is unbelievable. And there are some guys on the on that U.S. team, they played fantastic. The chances they had, but they couldn't pull the trigger, was amazing. This is what I like about the World Juniors. The World Juniors is very junior level, and they showcase that. And I follow that, so I kind of know who's going where, and maybe sometimes it'd be a surprise. 
of what the rosters are finalized to. There was another player on Team Canada that really had a, a had a spark, and that was Joshua Wah, and he you know he plays for Sea Dogs in the QMJHL, and he played fantastic for Canada. Did what he needed to do at the right times, and was just amazing. I cannot wait to see what happens next year for the 2024 World Juniors, and see what kind of roster there will be. I think Connor Bedard has one more crack at being on the World Junior roster. Other than that, let's go into some MLB. Slices one deep left center field. Freddie Freeman hits his first home run as a Dodger in his first at bat against the Braves. How do you like me now? Expanding to Music City for an expansion team? That's what it says in the stars, well, for now. The Toronto Blue Jays bench coach, Don Mattingly, will serve as an advisor to the Nashville Stars. That's the expansion team's name, of course. And you know what? The first thought, the thing that came to my mind was expansion team in Nashville. They have a, they have a NFL team. They have a NHL team. They don't have an NBA team, but you can, I'll say the Memphis Grizzlies are, are considered because they are in Tennessee. But the Nashville Stars, an expansion team in Nashville for the MLB, that's interesting. I found that fascinating, to be honest. A group led by uh, by former general manager Dave Stewart to seek the next MLB expansion team. Now, according to a journalist named Bob Knighton, Gale, being told from Don Mattingly is this is what the league needs and finds Nashville the right destination also thinks we need more diversity in the game of baseball. I mean, you need more diversity in the game of baseball. Now, in 2018, MLB Commissioner Rob Manfred named Nashville as possible destination for an MLB team expansion and said this summer he would love to expand to 32 teams. The league has 30 as we speak. He wants to add two more. Nashville and who else? I would say Montreal. Montreal's been wanting to get the Expos back for sure. I wouldn't mind seeing a former team come back to life, just like how the Winnipeg Jets did it for the NHL. The original team relocated to Arizona, more so Phoenix, and then Atlanta was relocated to Winnipeg. Now, the last MLB expansion teams were the Tampa Bay Devil Rays, which are now named the Tampa Bay Rays, and the Arizona Diamondbacks. So, as of now, who knows what will happen? Because other cities were named as well, like Las Vegas, Montreal, Charlotte, and Portland. And Nashville's in there too. So if they have enough money and have the right owner and everything like that, then it can be taken care of and done with. I mean, the arena is supposed to be an arena around a university they have in Nashville. It'll be interesting on what will take place or where it'll take place for an expansion team. Let's head into some entertainment now. Now it's, it's 2023 and it's a new year, which means more controversial moments or says, and people aren't, for say, happy with Cardi B's comments on ridiculous grocery prices. Where she then responded with a minute-long PSA. But it wasn't milk or eggs. It was lettuce. I know, funny, right? I come out of my mouth, lettuce? Yeah. She talked about that, being outraged, 
you can say, where she questioned, basically, about the price where it is $7 now, but a few months ago, she says it was $2. And people commented quickly, saying she's rich, so why does she care? One person tweeted, saying, girl, you're rich as hell. Cut this nonsense. You're not one of us no more. And I'm like, wait, I looked at that tweet twice. Okay, I looked at it twice, and I'm like, no more. There's so many celebrities out there who have gained fame and are successful and everything like that, but people have forgotten that these celebrities had a 9 to 5 jobs just like the rest of us out of nowhere, or they've acted at a young age, didn't like it, and are now doing a 9 to 5 job of their choosing. Now, there's a, a journalist who gave a response on Twitter saying, the fact she is not broke at all and still concerned about the rapidly increasing food prices should make you appreciate her post even more. And I'm like, hmm. Now, this makes me think. This is interesting because you have one person saying, well, you're rich, so shut up. But you have a journalist backing her up saying it's good that she's saying this about the food prices and there should be a bit more appreciation from the people that are looking at this post, whatever it may be, commenting away. Now, Cardi B has found success as a music artist, but she knows the feeling to have a 9 to 5 job during her teenage years. She worked at an Amish supermarket in lower Manhattan, but also it's empathy that she feels because she is imagining how the middle class people feel or people in general. You know, I think that is important where the person is putting themselves into another person's shoes just to see and just to feel how and what that person went through, the connection of it. And that's what basically, that's what basically Cardi B did. She basically knows how it feels to have a 9 to 5 job. I mean, I'm not saying, you know, rapping is the easiest thing or, you know, being a music artist isn't the easiest thing because once you're in the public eye, it's quite hard to um, get away. That's why there's so many celebrities out there who have acted at a young age, got into it and everything. Some of them continue on, some of them fall off the tracks and go Go, go through a transition and go through a different path of life. Now, there's one other thing. Movies and TV shows, they have been struggling for so long from, from last year. And we know this. You know this. I know this. Now, you could say 2022 was a tough and rough year for the entertainment industry as a whole. Because, to be honest, they're still trying to recover from the pandemic, even though we're still in it. Which, especially when shows are being cancelled, because everything is on a budget, when you think about it, but the CW Network is reporting to drop a few shows on the network, uh, drop a few shows from their network due to the scripts from 11 shows to less than 5. As Warner Media and Paramount sold 75% of the network to Nextstar, which is a major status quo quote change, several popular shows got booted out and things are still looking bleak for the CW network. As new strategies are brought in from a new regime, but the CW is expected to pick up fewer than five original strips. But Nexstar wants to shift the business model to profitability. The new president for the CW 
is Brad Schwartz. Under a new regime is basically a 50-50 chance on how you look at it. Okay. Also wants to pivot away from ordering shows from Paramount and Warner media i think the creative you know the creative cycle the original the creative yes the creative cycle is so hard to get an idea that you think will make money and give out jobs and sometimes it's a slap in the face because you don't know where it's gonna lead you to if it's gonna bring success or it's bringing failure it's just like saying the movies that they did adaptions to uh tv shows karate kid and they turned into cobra kai i did all this and that and other series that you can think of it's not easy and especially when you have a network and the network is trying to budget and trying to you know make it all fine and dandy the cw network wants to spend less than one million dollars on episode licensing fees which complicates things for content creators what can i say what can i say about this that the shift we are coming to is streaming but there's still the comfort of going out and watching a movie on the big screen or whatever it may be or watching your favorite tv shows in your living room it's very complicated to see things through a perfect lens because you don't know what is happening behind the scenes or you don't know if this show that you really and truly enjoy or movie will have a sequel or will be renewed for a new season it's all it's always up in the air always that's all the opinions and topics i got for you thank you for listening to episode 49 you can listen to this podcast on spotify app podcast or whichever platform you listen on remember to subscribe slash follow share and rate the podcast have you done listening and go check out all three social media platforms twitter and instagram also facebook give a follow give a like give a comment i love to hear from you <music>